This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from, with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome back to Shrink Chicks. This is our... Part two, Part two episode of being child free or being a mother or a parent. Um, we have gotten so many questions. We figured we'd turn this into a two parter, which is so funny because you know everyone knows our love for TikTok. I fucking hate when it's a two parter on TikTok. I know, but I but hope people don't hate. They're this actually, too, they're, I know, but they're so good at it because it, it like pulls you in. You're like, okay, now I'm gonna go to their page, and now I'm gonna find yeah. the other part. You know how it says like for part two? Like, I don't get that. I don't Does understand that, work? that. I think they just want you to like it. it. They're trying to trick you. Yeah, those yeah. tricky TikTokers. <laughs> Listen, man, if they, they can do the time. content, I'll consume it. I'll consume that content, baby. I'll take it. Yeah, I really have a problem when you start sending me TikTok videos and I like haven't <laughs> been looking at TikTok and then I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm about to go down a TikTok hole. We should start <laughs> We should start putting our favorite TikToks on the Shrink Chicks Instagram. Oh my God, I love them so much. Some of them Just aren't so mental. People some can of them also like still aren't, aren't mental health things though. So like- <laughs> Oh, a lot we of just them are just weird. <laughs> No, 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 anything, anything that's exciting content. Let's add to shrink chicks Instagram. Okay. Okay. I think that's a good plan. Even if it's not, (laughs) even if it's not mental health related, you got to give you a break. Well, it's funny, but actually there's a large amount of mother stuff on TikTok. 
there that's is a true. large amount of like normalizing mother stuff that's kind of well cool. your your algorithm is probably is based on giving that. you yeah, the mother sure. stuff mine is, so is not. yours child free is does yours have a lot of stuff about being child free no mine is such i don't know what <laughs> i did to my algorithm cats? because there's some weird shit on there now i really got a chance i like didn't realize i know i've talked about this before but did you watch the so- social dilemma on netflix <laughs> No, but everybody's talking about it. You need. It's just so interesting. I know, but honestly, just know. it just sounds depressing as fuck. It is. I like put my phone away for a good it. hour and then I was back at it. it will, it'll make you feel guilty about TikTok. So maybe yeah. don't watch it. Well, that's, I'm currently listening to um, the Nice White Parents podcast. It's like, oh. an, it's, um, it's very, very good. And it's about like white parents in the public school system um, and how like, white parents have like these good intentions but it's it creates a ton of harm for uh black and people of color students um and it's just like so good right like what yes yes i would highly recommend so all if you listen to nice white parents all watch the social dilemma oh shit okay i like that we're doing an exchange let's do a swap we're gonna swap it baby swap it baby baby doll which one of the few things you can swap during covid (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can't swap spit can't you? swap all right i'm gonna stop there my, <laughs> wait my worse. favorite thing out of covid we're gonna get to this we swear my favorite thing to come out of covid is the fact that health agencies are telling people to you could have casual sex just put a mask on and i have never loved anything more than that idea <laughs> do you think that like masks it's gonna turn into like a fetish for people like people who are well, I'm sure tons of people already had a fetish with. I'm masks. sure, but I just yeah, I'm sure that's also a common thing. Actually, there's more a, of a fetish, there. right? Like if it'll like as people are their sexual developments um, developing around this time period, you know what I mean? That it'll start to become like a weird mass. No, I mean not weird. I should not say that. Oh, weird, right? It is yeah, not weird. Ev- ev- fetishes no, if you, if are you, are there. Yes. If you already had that mass fetish, go on with your bad self. Go on with um, your bad self. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully it becomes more normalized so people with those kinks just feel more accepted. Absolutely. I, this has nothing to do with mother or hood. No, or child I'm so rate. sorry. We always get off topic, <laughs> but I think that's I really it's really bad. Okay. <laughs> we're gonna get back to it though. We're gonna talk. Jen, we're gonna start with you today. Okay, I'm ready. Cause I'm prepared. This question's kind of this one this one's deep, man. Somebody asked you, how do I stop feeling like I'm failing at being a woman without kids? Oof. This is one touches you. That is a loaded question. Yeah. I think digging into your ideas about what it means to be a woman in general, right? Where did those ideas develop? Where did you, you know, I like to think about how our worldview was created. If you think about it as like a pair of glasses, right? Think about a pair, like a large pair of glasses you put on. Those glasses. Um, the lenses are made up of different messages that you received growing up, right? So if you think about all of the messages you received about what it means to be a woman, right? Did someone tell you that, you know, a woman is supposed to have children and that's what gives you worth? And so figure out where those messages came from, because it might mean that it's important to start to question some of them right? Like, are there other things that make up what a woman is and what makes a woman worthy and what makes you worthy as a person and as a woman? 
And so I think really questioning some of those messages and, and asking yourself where they came from. Did they come from your parents? Did they come from your school? Did they come from religion? Um, I think that there's so many different things to start to question in terms of those messages that you received. And, and you might have to continue to question them as you are in a relationship, as people are asking you these questions about, um, you know, when are you going to have children or that might be continually triggered for you. And so I think that it's, it's just going to be something to continue to challenge in your own mind, because there's so much more that makes up who you are. And I think that really finding those and figuring those things out, right. And starting to challenges a lot of those messages. Absolutely. I mean, I think especially people that are also going through fertility struggles, like really can have this feeling as well about like, is my body broken? Am I doing something wrong? Uh, You know what I mean? Like, am I failing? Like, what does this mean about me as a woman? And I think men go through that too, right? Like if, if men have any sort of fertility issues that it's kind of the same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think this happens whether, whether it's, if we're talking about having children or we're talking about any other thing that that's a challenge, right? So like, I was just thinking about men in a lot of ways, like society says, like men have to be very successful in their careers, right? So if you get laid off or like that, that they put a lot of their self-worth in like what they're doing career-wise, that that's been like a socially constructed view. And so if you get laid Mm -hmm. off and that, um, and that kind of challenges your idea about like what it means to be a man, um, and then, so I think that this just happens in so many different ways and in so many different forms. Um, but in this one specifically that it just takes looking at those messages and challenging them that it's kind of in the same way we challenge what society tells you you should be or what makes you who you are. Absolutely. It's a good one. Absolutely. Yeah. I just choked. Well, I'm saying it's a good one. So your challenge to, to be working on is not dying. Not, not dying, not right. Not just choking on air. I think yes, that's good. that really. <laughs> okay, M, here's your turn. You ready? Oh, yeah. I wonder if the level of self-care I need to feel human will allow for me to have children. Do you have any thoughts on this? I do. I think that, one, the fact that you already have that type of self-awareness tells you that you'd be able to handle it now you also might not want to (laughs) there is no one saying you have to have kids it's a ton it's a lot to be a mom if you would rather have more of that balance have that self-care like more power to you but if you do really want to have kids and you also want to take care of yourself I think it's really just about like altering it and also getting help now then this is also conversation that is a privileged conversation. Can you afford childcare? Can you afford nanny? Or do you have people in your life that can sit for you? Can your parents take you? You know what I mean? Do you have support in that way? This is like one of the things that makes motherhood. We can sit here and pretend like all of our experiences are same in motherhood, but it's not. Just like everything else, if you have the privilege of having finances to have support or to have family help, even if you're not paying for it, that's a really different experience than a single mom or someone who had a child in their teenage years or someone who is struggling financially. 
So I think you have to say to yourself, like, what, how could I do this? You know, like, do I have the financial support to do it? If I don't, and I could possibly lose it, does having kids make sense for me? We talk a ton about, oh, you'll regret if you don't have kids, but we don't talk enough about, well, what if you regret if you do? Because the question is, what do we do with regrets? What does that mean? Right? Somebody had written in to you, Jen, how to deal with the fear of potentially regretting the decision to not have kids. So I think this feeling of regret is something we're all really worried about. And I think we do. We fear that in so many ways. I think I have that fear a little bit, but I think that that's, I think it's very normal to have that fear, right? I, th- I think, mo- I think about it mostly as like when I get older and, you know, I see, I, I think that the most, the thing that I would want the most if I were to ever have kids is like to have a relationship with an adult child, but like, because I can't picture myself being a parent a to a kid that I think I would really love to have a relationship with my adult child. I make a joke with my friends sometimes that like, I'll just have the kid and then they can raise them. They can give it back to me when they're like, when they're like 25. When you can just talk to them like they're a person. Yeah, right, exactly. So, um, but, but I well, think, but I think that's like a, but I think actually what you're saying is like a real concern for a lot of people, especially people that are having this feeling of like, who's going to take care of me in my older age, right? Like, like we can't pretend like that's not a reason some people have kids. Like some people are literally like, who is going to help me like take care of myself? Like I'm a right. single, you know what I mean? Like a single person and like, am I going to be alone? And what's that going to look like? Like it's scary. People think those things through. Totally. And, and it is, it is scary. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier because I think that is a real fear that people have. And I was thinking all of the money that you would have put into having a child, you could just save it for a really nice retirement home when you're older. <laughs> Don't you think like that's probably the best move? Yeah. You could- it can be your child fund. Oh, no, like literally, I- well, Aaron and I talk all the time about how fucking awesome um, retirement homes are going to be when we get to that age. Because like, hopefully weed will be legal. There's going to be so many video games. There's totally yes. going to be virtual reality. When I'm old, I'm going to join a bomb ass retirement home. Yes. I'm going to get stoned in the morning. I'm going to like, vir- can we yes. join the same gonna- one? Yes, of course we will. Thank I'm you. And then Millie can come visit jump. both of us. Yes. Yes, I'm gonna virtually bungee jump. I'm gonna have a bunch of fucking cats. Like I'm all about it. Like I bet retirement homes are gonna be sick when we're older. I really hope so, and I would love to be in the same one. But I think that that's it's a fear that so many people have, and yes. so my goal, <laughs> kind of joking about it, is just to get close enough to my my friends' kids that they will care enough about me <laughs> when I'm older. Like, yeah. I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is, of course, the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty-free and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post-construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that Pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. I mean, right? Millie will have to take help out with her Aunt Jen. Exactly. Like, go yeah. see old Aunt Jen. Like, I know hopefully I'll be fine. <laughs> go hang out with old Aunt Jen and help her because she's struggling and she's lonely and she never had children. No, but I think I think this I is don't a real think thing. you're gonna be lonely. You're gonna be in your prime. I know. I really think that will be my prime. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also if things are virtual, you could like you could alter things so that like there's no wrinkles anymore. You could just <laughs> That's your concern? I'm taking it to another level. No, I think this is a real fear for a lot of people. And I I think so often that we say, oh, I don't want to have have no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. But I think it's no okay regrets. To have, I think it's okay to have regrets sometimes. I think that's kind of part of life is I mean, talking- I just feel like how can you not? You know, like right. I and but I think it's also you could have regrets and also be like, all right, I'm gonna like enter into what we call radical acceptance of yes. like I have no control here. Here is where I'm at and like how am I going to radically accept, not change and and make the most of what I have going on. And I think that that speaks to having multiple feelings at once, right? Like you can say, I, this is something I regret and maybe I would have let, I should have had children, but at the same time, I also really accept where I am and I appreciate the things that I have that you can be grateful for what you have and also have regrets. You can also, you can have positive and negative feelings at the same time. 
and that that's okay. I think Mm -hmm. so often we're saying, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to have regrets, but it's okay to have regrets. Let's not be so scared of having regrets that there's so many different things you could do in your life and you won't be able to do, right? Like I regret that I didn't move to California and like become, I don't know, like a surfer. (laughs) Actually, no, I don't regret that at all. (laughs) I would be so scared of the water, but I do. (laughs) But But but, But you're talking about like a fantasy. Like, did I fuck up my whole life? by not moving to a different coast did I did I fuck up my life by not like moving internationally right more should I have right and that 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 that's you (laughs) before we were banned from every country (laughs) exactly you can't be everywhere and do everything and so it's okay to question that I think that's part of life it needs to be okay that you don't have to just be like this is exactly what I was supposed to do and I'm supposed to be in this relationship and have these kids and that just because you feel that way doesn't mean you should have acted on it or you did something wrong you can also be grateful for what you have at the same time it's honestly also it's an interesting bigger conversation to have about like then how does like faith work into that like I'm someone who like believes in past lives and so like I always say to myself like this is this life now so like maybe in my next life, I'll go be a surfer in California. Like, yes. so like that's something that like really helps me because I, I truly believe that. I believe that like our spirit goes on, right? Other people believe like, this is my one life and then right. I'm working towards this thing, you know? So it's a good thing to ask yourself, like, what do I believe in a greater sense just to like zoom out from this one specific yes. thing? What do you think you were in a past life? I was 100% of a frog. Um <laughs> I, like, why? I, why I, I was just kidding. I was just kidding about that one. Um, I think I was a lot of things. I feel like, and I've done some like past life work, and like if people are into that, you can do like what's called like a past life regression. Um, yeah, I I had like a lot of like different experiences in life. Um, and like it, it brings me to this current life I'm in, which is about um helping people and building this community and like being a mama. That's beautiful. And really, you brought it back. You brought it back to our topic, which is what I really appreciate it because you try to veer you off, but you're so good at bringing it back. Thank you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Okay, Em, I have another question for you. Or was it my turn? Well, so, but it's no, you have to go next because you never want to. No, that's Um, not. Yeah. So, like, um, how to address others telling you that you're, well, so many of these things are the the things we've talked about, right? Like people wanting to change your mind. But I think a few people said like, do you have any recommendations about like learning about yourself more like what you want? Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Can you, (laughs) so sorry. Please forgive me everyone. Can you please repeat the question? I got a call while that was happening and I got distracted. I am so sorry. Okay. So the question is, I forgot I was on a podcast. So a few people had some questions about like, what if I like, don't know, like, do you have any advice about like leaning one way or the other or about like how to like sort of listen to yourself more of what you really want? Because like, you're someone who knows they want to be child free, but I think a lot of people are conflicted. Yeah. First of all, what you're going to do is you're going to go listen to the other episode that we've done with Gina Tomei. (laughs) Yes. In season one, that talks yes. about the episode name is, um, is child free the way to be. Now go listen also, to that episode and then come back here too. 
maybe the know yourself, grow yourself episode oh, to really understand. I think, I think this is an important conversation in so many different ways. Cause I think just getting quiet with yourself in general is really important, right? Like separating yourself from everything that's going on around you, which is really mm-hmm. hard. Like there's so many different things that can influence our decision or influence what we're feeling. And also I think sometimes it's okay to be indecisive for a period of time. I think maybe we need to be indecisive for a period of time in order to get to a decision. Um, You know, and we talked about this on the last episode that like so many people say like, you should just know, or you should just be able to feel it and you should. Um, And I think that absolutely makes things easier to just know, but I don't think that's always the case. I think a lot of the times that's not, that's not the case. And that it's important to get quiet with yourself and separate yourself from everything that's going on around you, what society tells you they want, what your family tells you they want, that it isn't about society. It isn't about your family. It's about you and your partner. It might just be about you. You, you might be having kids because we haven't really addressed that. Like some people choose to have children on their own. And, and that really sitting with yourself and saying, is this something I want? Um, what are my concerns? What are, what am I worried about? What I, what do I think would be really wonderful in this? Um, really separating out other people's opinions about what you should be doing and what you want to do. Cause the fact of the matter is this is no one else's life. This is your life, right? And to choose to have a child because society tells you you are on that path, then you're choosing to live a life for society. And choosing to have a child because your parents want to be grandparents, you're, you're living a life for your parents. And so it's just so important for your mental health to be able to choose and live a life for you and what feels right for you. And of course, considering a partner in that if they're part of the equation, but that would be my suggestion is really getting quiet with yourself, being okay with indecision too yeah, for a period of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are your good. thoughts about like that? It. Yeah. I mean, I think it's really hard because it, it's hard because either way, I think if we're looking at our generation and the influence of social media, what it looks like to be a mom and what it looks like to be child-free and there's this other part we're talking about, which is of all your friends, you start to hit, something that starts to happen, you get to 30 to 35, everyone starts having kids around you, right? So you go through this place about like, what's going to happen to me if I don't join in with this, right? right? So it's like that loss. It's like everyone gets braces. You like go to your mom, you're like, I need fucking braces. Like, or like, <laughs> like <laughs> I don't think I ever <laughs> have that feeling. <laughs> okay, glasses. Have a glasses. glasses. Like, people use like want glasses, yeah. like fake it at the eye doctor, right? Yep. Okay, right. <laughs> so this part about, and it's the same thing people feel about like getting married or like not yeah. getting married or like whatever. Like it's this feeling of like, what's going to happen to me if I choose different? Like if I'm going to do something that is involved in a lot of ways is like countercultures, the same decision about like, I'm just gonna decide that like, I don't like the way that alcohol makes my body feel, I'm not gonna drink anymore, right? Whether I have an addiction or not, I'm gonna make this decision to be sober. And that is like choosing to be a little bit a part of like the um, going away from like the dominant cultural narrative. And that's hard to do and can feel shocking at first. 
I think it's it's also a survival mechanism too to want mm. to be a part of a group, to right? To, like yeah, we have, absolutely. You know, if you've ever had the feeling, which everyone Bird mentality, has, man, exactly. If you ever had the feeling of being left out, which like who hasn't? Um, that like that's that might be a part of this too. Is like you see everyone doing the same thing, and so to to feel that anxiety of I'm not going to be a part of this. That that if we're not a part of a group, we feel like our our lives are going to be threatened in some way that there's like a survival mechanism around being part of a group. And so that anxiety that comes up might be a part of that too, that that's our brains functioning to say, oh no, if you're not doing this, then your life is going to be threatened, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like a very, your anxiety has developed over years and years and years and years to protect you. And sometimes it overfunctions for us. So this is an example where your life will actually not be threatened if you decide to not go along with what society is telling you is right, but your brain is telling you that that might be the case. And especially with social media, we're being told over and over and over again that like, this is what's happening. This is what the group is doing. And so you have to do it too. And it's in our faces all of the time. And so- so to be able to say, okay, even though my anxiety is telling me that that means I'm going to be left out, doesn't mean that anything bad is going to happen to me or that I, my life is threatened in some way. Yeah. Question that anxiety for yourself, mm-hmm. like which that. brings me, actually it doesn't, but I'm just going to go into the discussion. <laughs> well, I feel like either way I have to move on. So I have to move on. I'm just going to stop at that. Um, okay. M for you, my parents have told me they didn't see me as maternal. That makes me scared to be a mom thoughts. I'm going to tell a story. I'm ready. I'm going to tell a story and my husband's going to be very angry that I tell this story. Hopefully does he still listen to the podcast? He was listening he for a while. To every episode. Amazing. Okay. Perfect. And he cannot handle the fact that Bill has never listened. Like, he's always like, I don't understand. Like, doesn't that drive Bill crazy? Like, doesn't he, like, want to know what Jen's saying? He's like, like you know what he says He's avoidant. Yes. Just like me. We're both avoidant. Yeah, so avoidant. Yeah. No, but he's like, he's like, I live with it. Like, I don't have to listen to it. I was like, <laughs> very fair. We're like, my husband and I are the same. There's, like, as much information as possible. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> so, about five years ago. I don't remember what was behind it. I wish I could remember the full story. But Aaron and I get into a fight, and the fight ends where he says to me, I'm worried about how you're going to be as a mom. Oof. Yes. And it was a bad fight. Like, it was like, it was like, it hurt me to the core, right? I have never let him forget that he said this to me. <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry. I've kept it with me and use it for ammo if I need. And I was like fucked up from this comment. Like I was like, oh my God, my partner doesn't think I can be a mom. How can I be a mom? He didn't truly believe that. It was said out of state of anger. I think it was also said to like sort of poke the bear to get me to change something. I wish I could remember what it was about. I'm gonna have to ask him after this. But it was it was done as like to like it was done to like sort of poke me for me to change something. I don't know what. Um and I remember being like, oh my God, I can never be a mom now. Like if he doesn't treat me and I already have this anxiety, like how can I do this? And then I just think that like you do it and you're like, fuck you, I'm a good mom. Like it's just like this part where like, you know, people can say that, but like it doesn't mean anything, right? Like what does maternal mean, right? So when people say this word maternal, it means like, oh, I see you as like warm and silly. Like you don't need to be a kindergarten teacher to be a mom. 
right? Like you do not have to be, there's not only one way to be a mom and it doesn't mean that you have to be this like overly thing. I think it's about like who you are specifically to your child and every child, it's about like what type of mom they need, right? Like you could be a type of mom, but like the best thing you could do for your kids is to learn about them and then focus in on that right so the way we parent now works really well with our daughter but it might not work for our next child if we end up having one right that child could have different specific needs that child could have disabilities that child could have you know different mental health things you know we have no idea so I think it's about instead of this overarching thing of one way of being a mom it's about how do I be the best parent to the child that I happen to have can I ask you a vulnerable question yes (laughs) just because I think it'll be helpful to whoever asked this question. When Aaron said that to you, do you know what it brought up for you? Yeah, every fucking fear I've ever had about becoming a mom, (laughs) right? So although I have always known I've wanted to be a mom, it's still scary to think about being someone's mother, (laughs) right? And I think that's the thing. There's all this stuff about like, I was so scared to give birth. Shit, that's the easy part. Like, um, (laughs) damn. Wow. you know like so so I think yeah like it brought up everything and it makes you it's like somebody saying your worst fear right so it's like growing up and you say all this horrible shit to yourself like in the mirror and then someone says it outside or like writes and posts about it like online or some shit and it's like oh my god everything I've ever thought is true, true I right. would really really try to encourage you to meet that with curiosity and lean into it and be like all right so I'm not, I don't love giving hugs. I don't love being warm. And sometimes I struggle with physical touch. So what will be other ways that I relate to my child? It's like less about like being this one certain way and more about like fully knowing yourself and being able to support your child in that realm. That is beautiful. Thank you. It I just opens the door. Expert. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You're so maternal just like as a human, I feel I'm, like. I'm, well, yeah, okay. But so that's what I mean. Like this idea of like maternal, I am that. Yeah. Right? Like, like people have always been like, oh, you're going to be a good mom. But what those people don't see is what my husband sees behind closed doors, right. which is sometimes I don't do a good job of taking care of myself. Sometimes I don't do a good job of balancing Sometimes I let my anxiety and anger take over. There's sometimes where I just feel, you know what I mean? Like there's certain things that like sometimes our partner sees that the rest of the world doesn't. So although everyone else was always like, you're going to be the best mom. In my head, I was like, yeah, but he sees the real me. I I really let it, I really let myself. Let it out. Let it (laughs) it out. Also, I'm I'm giggling not to take us off topic again. You know, it's my favorite thing to do. Emily's in her closet, of course, recording. Emily's in my closet. She has, has, while she's talking, she has like multiple sleeves on her on her head <laughs> so like she's well, telling this like okay. beautiful story and I'm like wow, that's, that's like I can't take her seriously too. <laughs> because, this because I'm like because I'm like wearing a tie-dye sweatshirt while also under many tie-dye sweatshirts <laughs> it's so funny I'm so sorry <laughs> they're like tickling her head <laughs> It's, well, it's okay. Well, it's also so funny because when we record, I'm moving around a bunch because I'm not sitting in a chair. I'm sitting on the floor of my closet. So I'm kind of uncomfortable. So now I had to like move up to this wall. This is, you know, it's not so glamorous behind the Listen, scenes here. It's okay. And we Jen, let you And, and know for that. the record, Jen is in like a spotless, gorgeous room. And I'm like, yep, here's, here's motherhood also and child my, free. Also my- 
dog is just passed out yeah. behind and me. And like by chance, your dog matches your aesthetic of your office. I, That's fine. It's good. It's really helpful. Yeah, it's like literally Jen's house looks perfect. I look like <laughs> I have not seen daylight in a very long time. <laughs> in my closet and, where I live. Which... Okay. <laughs> We have to go back to the show, Jen. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm okay. so sorry. Listen, I want to know. So you, it's you in in the last week's episode. You talked about this really interesting about this comment your dad made. So I'm going to remind everyone the comment <laughs> your dad made was, "I'm going to poke holes in your guys' condoms," which is very funny that your father thinks you use condoms. One, two, also weird. Okay. Also, <laughs> so then somebody asked him. How to deal with your family not understanding the the choice to be child free? Because I do think a lot of people are like, their families just don't get it. Totally. And I think that that, yeah, I think that that's very common. And I think that it's, and I know I keep saying this, but it's like any other thing that you choose to do that your family might not understand Mm -hmm. that they have a very specific idea about you know, when they had you, right? Like, and Emily, maybe you can attest to this and tell me what you think that they have a very specific idea about how the rest of their lives and your life is going to go, right? Does that sound right? Yes, yes, So, So your parents have had this idea of, oh, you know, they're going to grow up. They're going to get a good job. They're going to get into a relationship. And so- and then they're going to have kids and then, you know, I'll be a grandparent, blah, 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 blah. There's so many times where what you do or what's right for you is not going to fit with that laid out plan that they had when they first had you. And so if you think about it, when you're coming to them with this decision that they did not expect and they didn't lay out for, for what your life was going to look like. You're just like my dad wants to poke holes in the condom. You're poking holes in their plan. <laughs> that was good, mm. right? You like that oh, That was very good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good. Right? You're poking holes in their condom plan. And so when you poke those holes, you're, they have to go through the process of understanding that that is your life decision. And it's very possible that they won't get there. So you can do your part by saying, this is my decision. This is what's right for me. And I think this is maybe an everlasting conversation of differentiating yourself from your parents, right? For you to make a decision that's different from what your parents have, you know, in their ideas for you is you differentiating yourself as a human being from them that and if they come and say listen I'm disappointed their disappointment is not personal to you their disappointment is about them it's about something that's going on with them even if they're unable to express that to you where they're saying listen this is really hard for me I had this laid out plan and you're not fitting in with that even if that's difficult for them to express that's exactly what's happening And so be able to consistently say and differentiate yourself from them to be able to say like, listen, this is what's right for me. And so this is the decision I'm making. I understand that is hard for you, but it's important for me to follow what feels right for me in my life to continue to press that message over and over and over again. And that happens in so many different ways in your relationships with your parents. And that might happen in so many different ways, right? Like this is a conversation you can have over and over and over and over again with them. 
And so it's just another time. And they are also, and I've said that I said this before, they're also going to have to make a transition in their mind. They might have to grieve this life that they expected of you and they expected to have with you and your child that in their minds they created. And so allow them to also go through that process of grieving and working through it differently. And they might, they might need to rework that for themselves. And that's okay. That doesn't mean you're making the wrong decision. And that doesn't mean that, that their reaction is personal to you. They have to go through a process also. Yeah. That's a long, long winded answer. No, that. that was really, really good though. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like giving like space, right. To be like, I mean, it's the same thing. You know, I like, the idea of like talking about like differentiating and separating yourself around from it because I mean you got so many questions Jen about like how to respond to other people's expectations right and I think it is just like how to not take it personal like yes. how to be able to say like what's your one-liner like somebody else had said like I just got married how to politely respond to the when are you having kids question so many people wanted to know what the hell are you supposed to say when people right. bring this up Right? Like, like, so, like, could you maybe rattle off, like, five responses? <laughs> yes. Okay, can, you so the, can you give the people exactly what they want? Yes. Okay, ready? Yes. How about ask me the question, and I'll respond with what I say. Okay. Hey, when are you guys having kids? You know, I don't really like kids, so we're not going to have them. <laughs> oh, you and Bill are so cute together. When are you guys having kids? <laughs> we're not. Oh man, such a beautiful wedding. How, when are you guys having kids? <laughs> That's a really good question. Me and Bill have both decided that we don't want to become parents. We only want to oh, have you, dogs. Oh, you'll change your mind. Once you're 35, you won't be able to stop that biological clock from chicken. Yeah, probably not, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's just repeatedly like saying no, but not getting frustrated continue aroused from it yeah right continue to set those boundaries continue to be open even if it makes the other person uncomfortable their discomfort is not personal to you it is about them it is about you pushing back against what they believe is the correct life plan life plan (coughs) we should do an entire episode we should do an entire episode of like role-playing like a difficult conversation oh that is such a good idea actually we should totally <laughs> like do that. somebody message us in like the most difficult conversation they're scared to have and we will role play it for you oh, I think that is so good thank you it's true but, no but, but I think with anything it's like you hold to your boundary right and you don't get reactive right so I could very easily have gotten reactive if I do feel like it's personal to me mm-hmm. right and say <clears throat> Um, actually, I don't even know how I would get reactive to that. I'm trying to go back. You wouldn't. Yeah. This is the, this is the, this is the, the difficulty is that. Well, somebody would say, someone would say like, it's none of your fucking business, Karen. Karen, of course the name's Karen. <laughs> like I actually had a mom, t- uh, when I went to a, um, a bridal shower once, um, I had, we, I had a mom come up to me and say, I come up to a bunch of me and my friends and say like, Oh, like you're all getting married at the same time. Like you can all have kids at the same time too. And I, my response was no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but that's okay. You know, like I just yeah. continue to respond and push back and just be honest. Um, and I think that's really all you can do. And even if people are uncomfortable Well, and with I it. think because you can think about it also in terms of like, you don't have to give a reason that we're not having kids. Like, 
Um, like, I don't know, like, you know, right now we're just having a wonderful time being married, right? Because the other thing is when you say no and when you make people uncomfortable with that conversation, you have also possibly helped someone else who's going through horrible fertility process because that person might get so weirded out by your response, they stop asking that question. Yes, yes. And that might save someone else who simply cannot handle being asked that question one more time because of childhood law, because of losing a child. And that is part of the reason why I am so honest because I do yeah. – also, we see everything behind the scenes. We know yes, how we difficult do. it is for people when people ask them that question. And we know how much those questions through. can hurt people. Absolutely. And so one of the reasons why I am so blunt, not just because it's important to set boundaries, but also because I want that person to be able to question that question, right, mm-hmm. to be able to say – oh, wait, maybe everyone isn't having kids right after they get, maybe that isn't number one. Maybe they have trouble. Maybe they can't have kids. Maybe that's a decision that they're not making. And so one of the reasons why I'm so blunt is to help them question that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I know we don't have a lot, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I would love to answer the question about body image with kids. I know. So that, that was going to be my next one. So you ready? I am worried about passing my body image issues onto a child and coping with my pregnancy body. I mean, I think this is such an important question. It's why I wanted to make sure it was answered today because like this really talks about like the hard work and the fact that like sometimes motherhood re-brings up shit we thought that we had figured out. I thought my recovery, I thought in my head, I was like, I'm recovered, man. I don't have any disorder. I don't have problems. And I will say being pregnant was one of the most challenging things. You're getting weighed a lot constantly now what i always recommend to people is one you can say no to being weighed two you can always do a blind way you do not need to see that number if that's triggering for you but i was getting weighted a lot i had to go to the doctors um we got like labeled as like an at-risk pregnancy because of some stuff that had come up on ultrasounds throughout uh, my pregnancy one being that they thought my daughter had an enlarged kidney and then they also could see that she had these extra fingers and toes they didn't know what that was going to mean that that there were there's going to be some type of cognitive impairment so we got labeled, we had to do a lot more doctor's appointments, became even more triggering to get weighed. And I noticed that I was like being like, I would weigh myself before I went to the doctors. So I ended up going and buying, I never had a scale and ended up going and buying a scale to weigh myself before going to the doctors because I was like worried about being surprised by the number and then like going and like completely dissociating. Um, uh, so I noticed I started doing certain things like that. Right. So like coping, like with pregnancy body, like I think is something that can be really difficult. Then unfortunately I even had, so when you typically, when you're going and working with an OBGYN, if you're going to have a hospital birth, there'll be like, let's say like five OBGs in the practice and you have to meet with every single one of them. Cause you don't know who's going to be on call that night that you go into labor. So one of the doctors at my practice I was probably like, I must've only been like 12 weeks pregnant. Like I was really not far along at all. And she was like, Hey, just like, make sure you like watch your weight. I'm like worried about how much you're gaining. And like, I kid you not, I went to a fucking tailspin now fucking like at my 15 month, at my 15 week appointment, the guy was like, you're really not gaining enough weight. You haven't gained enough weight yet. Like you need to gain more just to like be real. Like you should have gained at least 15 pounds by now. So I got two very different responses from the same practice of where I should be at, but both, but both were like triggering. So I think it's a really hard thing. So what I would want to recommend to start and say to your doctor is I have struggled 
with either an eating disorder or dis- or body image or disordered eating or however you feel comfortable to label it, tell your doctor at the beginning and say, he like I I have you know I have support I have a team whatever but I'm going to be asked that you guys are respectful of that as well and hold them hold your doctors to a higher standard than they have been we need to hold professionals to a higher standard your lived experience matters I do not give a fuck that they've read a bunch of books I don't give a fuck that they've taken a bunch of classes the same thing with therapists your lived experience matters you're the expert on yourself so you have to advocate for yourself here's the thing body image issues are going to come from places that aren't just at home it comes from riding the bus, it comes from magazines, it comes from media. We can't prevent everything. But what we can do is have ongoing conversations at home. Conversations about health at every size, conversations about fueling and feeding our bodies, conversations that food is more than fuel. There's so many things that you can do at home to counteract the rest of it, including breaking the intergenerational transmission process of eating disorders, which is passed down from generations. My mother struggled with disordered eating, my grandmother before her body image. You know, this is passed down through generations. We have to start taking some responsibility for healing the cycle. That's what the best thing you can do for your children, whether that's body image, whether that's drug and alcohol, no matter what, whatever is passed in your family of origin i want you to say i gotta heal this shit i gotta be aware of this and i think it also one of the best things that ever happened i couldn't tell you things are so different now right compared to like when my mom had me um but there's amazing resources one of the things i love is kids eating color that talks about feeling your body um uh feeding littles is an amazing instagram to follow that talks about feeding your kids and how to not go into body shaming and how to create these beautiful things that health at every size. So there's a lot of parts that actually have been incredibly healing for my body because when I had my daughter, I said, I've got to stop this. Like there was like, I have to not give a fuck about my body. I have to know that a body is just a body. And if I make it so much into physical appearance, I'm going to be hurting my child. I have a question. Yes. Um, because you talked about at the doctor, like advocating for yourself. And I think this would be helpful for people that if your doctor isn't informed about eating disorders, what kinds of boundaries would you suggest that listeners can set specifically with the doctor that would be helpful for them? So yeah. So one, I think you can say to your doctor, are you aware of haze? practices which is health at every size h-a-e um s-h-a-e-s haze right and so you can ask them if they're haze informed and then you can also say please note it in my chart that i would like to not be told my weight and i would like for weight to not be like this huge thing and like you can say like like part of the conversation exactly Mm -hmm. right you can totally ask of that um I was really lucky that I only had that one experience the rest was like amazing and I even had one appointment where I like got like super like kind of like triggered by like the number that came up and the nurse weighing me was like oh my god girl I gained like 80 pounds and I was pregnant like this is great you know like don't worry honey like you're gonna be good you're gonna have this baby and like she was so cool about it and like made me feel super normalized 
but yeah, like it's definitely a really hard thing. And I think especially after you give birth, there's so much pressure about like, get your, you know, pre-baby body back or whatever. And like, that shit is just so unrealistic. Right. I fucking hate magazines because I do not have an at-home trainer or cooking service or some other shit. Like- <laughs> Right. Like I was just trying to not die. That's <laughs> it. Like I had like real low standards, you right. know, like wasn't worried about getting my stomach back. I was like, hey, how do I like not have severe postpartum? So I think it's also like saying like we have to like the most important thing for your child to learn is about like how to be a good person and not about being the best looking person. And we have to let those ideals go for ourselves as well. God, that's good. Yes. And that's what I would say to that. Where now, are Jen, we? Yes. I have one last question for you. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, okay. Okay. Someone said to you, I can see my life going either way and loving it. Child free or being a mom. Is that bad? I actually think that's the opposite of bad. <laughs> good. <laughs> that, which is good. <laughs> right? Like that. I, I, I have similar feelings to that, that, mm-hmm. The fact that you can recognize that you can appreciate, you know, where you are in the moment is actually really important and really healthy. That you could see the fact that you could be really happy one way or the other. You know, I think about if the another thing, even though I don't connect with children, I really do think with everything that we've learned and everything that we know, that I could really have a good impact on raising a child even though I don't connect, I really think about that, that like, that would be something that would be really interesting too, in a way to like help raise a child, um, and kind of see what it turns into. But like, I know a child isn't a science project. I'm like, Ooh, it'd be like very interesting. (laughs) No, I actually think it's wonderful to really be able to appreciate where you are and how your life is going. I think that's a wonderful quality to have. Mm -hmm. Um, so so I think that it makes making a decision pretty easy that you are going to be able to work through it either way, you know? Yeah. And that's, that is really true is that, and I, I know I keep saying this, but this is the case with a lot of decisions is that, yeah, you might make a decision and there might be some negatives, but you will be able to work through it no matter what, you know, yeah. you will be able to get through it. There might be challenges, but to be able to recognize that you could be happy either way, or you could work through it, or you could take the challenges head on is really important. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a part of being very resilient and it's a part of being able to be present with yourself, be present in the moment and to be able to say, listen, I got this, no matter what happens, I can do this. I can handle this. And, um, you know, I'm resilient. So whatever happens next for you in your journey, you can handle this. You are the expert on yourselves. We want you all to know that whatever the next thing looks like for you. On next week's episode of Shrink Chicks, we have Dr. Jamie Suckerman talking about narcissism. I'm so excited. I am so excited. I think it's such an important Wait, I love Dr. Jamie. I'm so thrilled. And I'm excited to more talk about um, dating a narcissist, being with narcissists, and what this looks like and how to take care of yourself around it. If these episodes, these last two episodes, because I know it was a two-parter, if they were helpful for you and you think that they would be helpful for a friend, family member, um, anyone, send it on over to them. Um, We love you guys. Thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate you so, so much. We love you. Take care. Bye.